Welcome to episode 13 of That's What I'm Saying, the podcast about hip-hop, entertainment, dating it, and relationships, social issues from a sometimes ratchet but mostly woke perspective. So please subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're in iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, and Stitcher. I'm Sean. And I'm Nye, y'all. What's up? So Nye, what are we calling this episode? Give us free. Give, Give us free. I'm going start. <laughs> Give us free. Why? Yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot of issues that we need to cover that's is really about give us free. So um, this is the 13th episode. Again, I am just so proud of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to be superstitious like my grandmother. You know, my grandmother's building back, shout out to 135th Street and 5th Avenue in Harlem at Lenox Terrace because that building actually didn't have a 13th floor. So when I was mm-hmm. thinking about the 13th episode, we had just so excited and so happy to be going on the 13 what you feel about it yeah i'm excited i'm i'm just i'm really proud of us you know this mm-hmm. is the 13th episode we're growing so much um our listeners, we're consistent our listeners are growing you know you're you're on our instagram you're on our twitter our our listenership is growing you know our last um uh, you know after we do um when we post the episodes, I post a snippet on Instagram just to kind of give you guys a taste of what we're going to be talking about. And, you know, we had like almost, was it like 800 views on this, this uh, snippet? Yeah, so I think it, was like, it was up to 1500 the last I checked. Mm-hmm. So that, that's huge. That, that's huge. So people are definitely responding. Our listeners are responding and I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm loving it. So um, getting into the ratchet minute, we, we, we need like ticker tape music for this. <laughs> <laughs> to the ratchet. So, um, a little bit of ratchet, I guess. So, uh, have you heard that little Wayne, um, Lil Wayne won his huge settlement against cash money. Did you hear this? I did. I did. Okay. So basically universal, which is actually the one who paid the money. They actually own cash money records. They paid little Wayne 10, uh, $10 million, um, to basically separate him from cash money. So as you know, little Wayne filed this, I think it was like a $51 million suit against baby. Um, and in exchange, uh, Wayne gets $10 million, but cash money records kept uh, Drake and Nicki Minaj's contract, which Lil Wayne was trying to separate from them at the whole time. So um, out of this, from what we understand, the Carter five will be released. So this has been a, this has been a record in the making for like years. So what they're saying is that Birdman, he didn't want to release it. And then if, I don't know if you heard, but that guy that was um, charging all that money for the pharmaceuticals, Martin Shkreli. Yeah, he, he bought, bought the Wu-Tang album. Right. And he also bought the Carter Five back in 2016. But mm-hmm. he had to turn it over um, as in exchange for um, settlement during his securities fraud case. So um, it was like back out there. So um, what do you what do you think about this? When I look at this, I'm like, you know, this is a breakup between. I, I don't know if I'm going to call them lovers, but it basically was a lover's quarrel. And this is what we have left. <laughs> what, what, what say you? Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I really think that they, they try to play this whole thing down with them kissing and stuff and him calling him daddy or whatever <laughs> you call him or whatever. I really, hmm, 
Say it. Say I it. Really, I really think this was an incestuous relationship from when Lori was a kid. I totally agree. I, I totally agree. I, I mean, every girl, why are we calling a grown man baby? Let's just let's just get right. Can, I, can we can we get past that? I mean, how do we get past that? We we're calling a grown ass man a baby. And they kissed. They and they they were they. It was a picture of them kissing on the lips. And it was proud. Of, I mean, like truth be told, I. You know, my grown, my son is 10 years old and I don't think he ever kisses his dad on the lips. Like we don't even kiss on the lips. Like what, when is this, when is that okay? <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it, you know, part of it is, you know, in other societies, it's, it's okay for men to kiss. And, and I have some, some African friends, African male friends who, um, who say that sometimes, you know, <sighs> sometimes like if in certain situations like it's okay for two men to sleep in the same bed they just had in their society it's just not viewed in that way in a sexual out of way necessity. I, I mean i can see out of necessity, but, it's out of necessity right but some of the stuff that we deem as homosexual and gay and other societies is not you know they don't see it that way like the french kiss you know on the you know they do all that stuff so However, kissing on the lips is a little extreme. It makes me uncomfortable. Like if I saw two men kissing on the lips that weren't gay and one was called the <laughs> that other weren't gay, gay, like <laughs> I, I would feel a certain kind of way. Like I don't, I wouldn't know how to take it. I wouldn't know how to react. So let, uh, let me weird. just right. Let and you know, I mean, shout out to the gay community. If that's what the way you want to live your life, live your life. But I mean, there's no way you could tell me that these two grown and and really you know Lil Wayne was not grown at the time like he was like 14 he said that he lost his virginity through a woman you know basically he was he and he says that he was like I was raped when I was like 11 years old yeah. by a woman that was you know the whole thing was a setup through baby mm -hmm. so I don't know you know I just I liken baby to like a pimp yeah you know when and you Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of men come out and say they lost their virginity to when they were like, you know, 10, 11, 12 to like grown women. And they say they lost their virginity. But in reality, you got raped. Like Charlemagne, yeah. Charlemagne God says he lost his virginity to this older woman. Um, and he was right. He said, you know, it took him until being an adult to actually realize that, you know, I was it. Chris Brown lost his virginity to an older woman. You know, and they and it's it's different for 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 boys, I guess, yeah. because it's like when they have sex, it's like a rites of passage until manhood. You know, mm -hmm. regardless of how old the the woman. But then also, I think because their body responds to it. You know, like they right. have all their equipment is on the outside, so you know mm -hmm. you can instantly see when they arouse because of the erection. So right, mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. and especially being at that young age, they can't control that. You know, yeah. they don't know how to control it. So um, it's easy to manipulate a, a, a kid. Which so, I, I think this, that was the, the basis of the Lil Wayne and baby relationship. And, I, you know, I think everybody just seems to forget. But that time that he shouted out the concert and he said, I fuck niggas, too. Did we forget about that? Well, who said that? Wait a minute. Wait up. Baby said, I mean, I'm sorry, baby. I'm, it's Birdman. Birdman said it. And he said, mm -hmm. I fuck niggas, too. Like, I saw it. If I didn't see it. And if I, I, I mean, I would, I'll be telling you, I, so I heard, but no, I'm telling you, like, it was, it was, it was in a video. Now, what, you know, what they're saying, it was taken out of context and he was talking about, you know, I guess he go after I, whatever, but I heard, I heard what I heard and yeah. it just sounds, and then, you know, it was the pictures that came up online. I mean, the, there was some pictures, I don't know if you saw it, which were circulating. It was like a uh, baby Birdman, whatever. And he was, it looked like a, 
um, like a, a bathroom at the gym, you know, like a, like a, mm -hmm. like the, like the, you know, the men's bathroom. And he was with this kid that obviously looked very young, you know, bird chested kid, mm -hmm. multicultural looking, you know, with the, with the hair and they just had towels on and he was holding a, a, a box of KY jelly. Did you ever see that picture? No, I'm glad I didn't see it. You know, I just, right. I, I feel so weird about shit like that. It just, it just makes my skin crawl when shit like that happens. So I'm, I'm glad I didn't see. It. I don't want to see it. Right. So I, I mean, here my, my thing is, you know, do you live your best life, whatever you fashion that out to be? Just don't be down low about it. You know, if that's mm -hmm. if that's the life you and and because that's the danger in it is when you are living this down low life, mm -hmm. um, and people don't know. So I mean, I, you know, we're going off because Lil Wayne and, and, and baby and. <laughs> And, and it, it kind of, it kind of, you know, this jail culture that we have sometimes in hip hop, a lot of shit goes on in jail that carries on in real life. You know, yeah. that's a whole nother world, a whole nother set of rules, a whole nother. Which almost shit makes me think do. like, if you could do that in jail, you, you're doing that in real life. You know what I'm saying? Like it was yeah, already yeah. there. It was already of in course. you. So it's, it's already embedded in you. So, you know, I mean, look, I, it, there's so many stories that I could tell like secondhand accounts from you know, the parties that were going on and, you know, niggas just getting turned out out here. So, mm -hmm. I, and I think the realest interview was Bumby, may he rest in peace, but Bumby gave, um, it was an interview with no, Charlamagne. No, Bumby is, is still alive. Pimp C is I'm the sorry, one that Pimp C. Ooh, Pimp C. Look, mm -hmm. I, can't, I can't even get my um my pimps right. My Pimp C. <laughs> Pimp C gave an interview with Charlamagne some time ago, may he rest in peace, but it was just like the realest interview because he was just, you know, the whole thing is like, you can live your life, do whatever it is that makes you happy, do that. But don't be undercover about it when you right. you know you tricking women and you got them thinking that you know that you you're this did a straight dude and you're not you over here I mean it's so many different things so mm -hmm. yeah a lot of lot of lot of stories that I could tell on that so I basically think this was just a lovers quarrel like they just they you know I'm gonna take it to court I'm gonna I'm gonna mm -hmm. sue you mm -hmm. I'm gonna sue you so you know good luck to I Lil Wayne Birdman who was that um. The rapper he got that wears the dresses and stuff. Um, Young Thug. Young Thug. I think Young Thug came in and stole Lil Wayne's man and Lil what? Wayne wasn't having it. He got jealous. And well, you know, and what supposedly what Baby was saying was there's a song on Drake, one of Drake's albums, the, the Drake's albums, not the one that's out now, the, the one before that, where it's basically a song that's written for Lil Wayne because let, let Baby tell it that, you know, Lil Wayne was so into Drake and was, you know, was, was going after him. So Drake made a song like, I'm, I'm, I'm not into that. <laughs> oh, shit. Are you serious? Yes. I, I got to get the name oh. of the song. But, and if you listen to it, it sounds like, okay, it could be about a woman, but it's basically saying like, you know, you're not my type. I'm not into that. <laughs> I can't, I can't with these man back. It, 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 I can't, man. But I, I can't yeah. with these marshmallow dudes. I just, I, you know, I think you know. I'm not even going to tell the story, so never mind. Let's just, I'm not going to tell the story. No, nope. no. Now I want to hear what I go down the rabbit hole with you guys. <laughs> That's the so, kind of I <laughs> so I, I watched this. Um, this uh i don't know if it was like a, a video or documentary i don't know it was something and or a clip of something that was on maybe an internet anyway it was puffy uh talking and he was uh usher was uh -huh. you know usher was there you know usher used to be on the bad boy like a long time ago uh -huh. so um 
So Puffy was telling the story. He was like, you know, remember that time we had got up one morning from bed and then he switched it real quick. Like he made it seem like he and Usher were like in the bed together. They got up in the morning, and then he's and Usher kind of made this face like, "Motherfucker, what are you talking about?" And then Puffy like switched it. I need to find this clip. When I find you it, need, I'm, I'm, yeah, we got it because and that's a good segue. So the the next um ratchet was. Did you hear about Usher's new new gig? His new job? Uh, what is he doing? He's a yoga teacher. <laughs> Usher is in Sweden. And uh, let all let the let the news reports say that he is teaching yoga classes, okay, um, in Sweden, and he doesn't have any shows. So obviously, this is this is a thing for him. Nothing wrong with changing careers and you know just being mm -hmm. on your uh, meditation um, kick. So as we know, three people have accused him of giving them herpes, and they've all filed lawsuits. I actually thought it was one, but like they've all filed lawsuits. So. Mm -hmm. um, and then in the midst of all that, you know, his wife, Grace Michelle, Grace Miguel, I think Miguel, mm -hmm. she left him. So the male that is suing Usher for giving him her herpes, you know, they have him as a John Doe. Um, he said that he had sex with Usher at a, a spa in L.A. And he is in the process of suing Usher to obtain his medical records. And at the same time, he wants to put, which basically is a protective order over the record. So what it, what that would do is effectively say, Usher, you've got to turn over your medical records and also the information about past and present settlements. Because from what it sounds like, Usher has paid off people in the past to keep his medical mm -hmm. information private. But then also to put a protective order over it so that it be, doesn't become public. So that's really serious. That's that's yeah. you know that's that's not that's there's no game there. So it, this is what essentially the um, the male who's ac accused him, the the male uh, plaintiff, has requested the judge to do. So basically, release order Usher to release these records, but then also to protect them so that it doesn't embarrass him any further. Mm -hmm. So I mean, it's. It's real serious. So just side note, I, I wanted to mention, um, so he's doing yoga and that's great because I love yoga. But um, the last yoga class I went to, and this was right at the time when that whole Kanye West poopy D scoop came on, poopy mm -hmm. And you know this yoga teacher had a nerve to play that shit. Oh, Lord, I was like, I'm done. She was like, it's so, it's just, it's like, it's calming. And I don't know, it just kind of like gets your blood flowing. I was oh, like, Lord. I am so done with this. Yep. You know, Kanye, Kanye's album is number one. I can't. I don't oh, even want to talk how? about it. How is this? I don't know. I, but you know what? It's not us that are, that's listening to it. That's what it is. I don't even want to talk about it. Like yes. I'm just so. You want to hear it? Because there's I'm, no I'm way. So, I'm so done. Is it really number one though? It's I didn't number know one. Yeah, it's number one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, moving on. Um, so yeah, Usher. So I have a funny story about Usher. So this this whole thing with um, you know, he's teaching yoga classes and I mean he's you know, he's got he's he's dealing with a scandal, so I think he's trying to work through it. So mm -hmm. I remember some years back, it might have been almost ten years ago, and I was in um Georgetown in DC. So you know you know Georgetown, the D, the area, right? It's a yeah. you know, a little um metrosexual. So Anyway, it was, a, I, and I, I was, I, I was with someone, and we, we, <laughs> why did voice get low? I'm telling a story. So, anyway, so they, it was a, it was a sneaker store. So, okay, you know, they, they had to shut the store down because there was somebody, a VIP coming in. And sorry, right, we had to leave. So I just remember 
I'm seeing it was it was two guys and they were really tiny, really to me, like really small, like, you know, dudes just kind of happy. And I I want to say they were holding hands. I don't want to start a rumor that like that, but I want to say they were holding hands, but they were obviously together. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so they're going into the store and, you know, they had their pink on and they, you know, just look very, um, very much like a couple. And then, you know, when we, we're leaving out. Somebody was like, that's Usher. And I look over and I'm like, that's Usher. I mean, whoever he was with, he was with them. Like, it was a dude. And they were, like, real. I just remember, like, you know, too, he wasn't a tall dude. So, you know, maybe, like, five, seven, maybe. Uh But very effeminate and very coupled and booed up. Like living their best life in wow. Georgetown. That's interesting because DC crazy? is not like a, a inconspicuous town. DC and is like not, and, and it, you know, <laughs> and it wasn't like they were in what's the other area in Georgetown um, where you would kind of see this. I can't think of the name of it. La La Salle, La Font Plaza. So it wasn't oh, okay. La Font Plaza. It was Georgetown, and like I said. Didn't know, just, you know, the initial CNN was like, okay, it's two guys, and obviously, whatever VIPs they are, they're together. And I was like, oh, it's Usher. And you look over like, that is Usher. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, okay. So that was my initiation to like, all right, so Usher must, you know, obviously, he likes men just as much as he likes women. And that was like 10 years, that was almost 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So um, just kind of hearing this story, you know, it's, again, no issue with how you want to live your life, mm-hmm. but but be upfront about it. Yeah. You know, just be, just be above board about it. Look, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I don't know if if people are about if you're bisexual or whatever it is. Just let somebody know. That's all. Like, yeah. don't you, you can't be doing this download thing. That's all. And, so. and that's and I think that's the thing. I, and that's the thing. You know, just just be open with whatever you're doing because. We need to know, you know, it's not, it's not really our business, but it's, it's your partner's business, you exactly. know, who, you, who else you're sleeping with. Cause you're you basically know. having sex with everybody that person has sex with. It, yeah. That's exactly so what So just, I mean, let me know, let a bitch know. That's all. For real. Let me know it, where you slinging that thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, oh okay. And, all right. Ooh. And speaking of, this seems like. I, this is like a common theme in our little uh, our ratchet moment because the next topic is An, uh, Andrew Caldwell. Um, I don't know if you remember him, but maybe like two years ago, there was this clip on the internet where he was uh-huh. in church and he was proclaiming that he's not gay anymore. And he don't, I don't I'm like men's. I'm delivered. I'm delivered. <laughs> I don't like men's no more. I like women's. Hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. So this dude is is oh he's he's still online, and so just recently he was uh, he posted a video of him and this woman, this Asian looking woman, kind of making out on on Asian on uh, Asian woman. She looked kind of like she could be Asian. Doesn't matter, but and they're like making all these kissy faces and kissing at each other, like and <laughs> never actually like kissing on the lips. It's very weird, and then. This part is so disgusting. She started kissing on his neck and he like threw his head back and like passion. Passion? Yeah, it was just so gross. It was just <laughs> disgusting. Wait, but really like, it was so unbelievable. That's why yeah, it's like so unbelievable. Because we we know boo. And that's the thing, it's like 
you know, apparently, you know, he's like really involved in church and he's, he's, you know, he has some, some internal battle with actually, you know, with being gay. And I guess it comes from his religious background and he feels as if, you know, God won't accept him, but you know, well, you got to live your, your, your life, your truth. Cause you're going to have a miserable life. Um, like who are you fooling? Yeah. Stop. Who are you fooling? There is no way. There's no way she can believe that men because <laughs> he was actually like last year there was another video posted that he did um you remember portia from real housewives of atlanta yeah so her husband cordell mm-hmm. he so andre carwood was online saying that cordell had blocked all of his credit cards <laughs> his debit cards and he didn't have any money and i don't know what their relationship did him was. like he did portia right, just cut him <laughs> off just cut him off. I don't, you know, I don't know, you know, the details of their relationships or why he even has access to his money. But mm-hmm. Andrew, just come on, boo. Come on. Mm-hmm. Just stay out the closet. Don't go back in. You're already out. Don't go back in. And that that's the thing, girl. Okay. So we, <laughs> we have to do an episode where, you know, I like, I'm like the receptacle for like all these stories. Like, all, and I'm telling mm-hmm. you the NFL is so gay. Yeah. Oh, so just, just talking about, Cordell, like the NFL is so gay, but mm-hmm. and they try to, you know, it's as masculine as that sport is. It is so gay, but anyway, that's the, it. yeah, that that's, that's, that's that could be a whole podcast in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I don't want to like run down names and stories. But I'm like, get out of here, get out of here. Okay, I'm done. And you know what's so funny is that you know it's certain things that we deem gay in in our minds and our society. So um, yesterday, I guess uh, Keisha Kaor, who's married uh-huh. to Gucci Mane, she posted pictures. I guess they're on vacation somewhere in Florida. And Gucci has on, you know, I love Gucci Mane. So I Gucci has on like this. We, uh, went tried, we went to that concert. <laughs> it's Gucci. I love Gucci. <laughs> so um, he has on like this two piece, like um, short set. Uh-huh. And it's like a, a soft cotton. So it's kind of like moving in the wind, but the shorts are kind of short. Not uh-huh. like booty shorts, but just like shorter than normal shorts that black men wear. Yeah. And so there was all kinds of comments about that's gay and we don't wear shit like that. And why are you doing that? And blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking like, because this man has on short shorts, you, you're saying that's gay. Well, there's a lot of dudes out here that is thugging it. Mm-hmm. Thugging it mm-hmm. And taking it in the ass. Mm-hmm. Be them. Um, you know what I'm saying. So it doesn't matter. What beating you up wear. that booty pussy. You know what I'm saying. Beating it all the way up, <laughs> taking it, fucking dick. I made that word up over the last week, and I was somebody. <laughs> 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 like that booty pussy. <laughs> so nasty. Oh god. Oh god. I should trademark it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. Done. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah just... so we we gotta we gotta hang up all these stereotypes of what's gay and what's not gay because there is just really no yeah, that and that's so true. Like you, the hardest dudes be out here be over here surfing the booty hole. Girl, for y'all real. need to stop. Y'all for need to real. stop. Whew. Just anyway. go just go on YouTube and go. Uh, and, and I'm not going to even tell you how I know this, but go on YouTube and Google prison sex. You will see all kinds of shit on that. All kinds of shit. Like, yo, this dude, they straight up be having wives and, and husbands and shit in jail. Crazy. 
No, what and to just go back to the Lil Wayne and and baby. So you know, Lil Wayne put it. He he did a a um a story and he was talking about when he was over there in Rikers Island. You know, he officiated a wedding between two dudes and they like used the tissue and they made like a wedding dress and everything. He Shut like up. yes. What he talks about it like it was nothing. I'm like. Are you talking about a what? What is it? I'm just listening to like it's a wedding in the in the jail. And he was like, he officiated over the wedding between two dudes. And then like the one made a little dress out of, out of the tissue. And yeah. That's yeah. True. There's a lot, you know, and uh, there's a line in one of Biggie's songs that people don't really talk about, but he's like, you know, you look so good, I suck on your daddy's dick. Like, who Woo! said that? Well, who you know, says that? <laughs> Oh, and you look, um, but he's revered as like one of the greatest, and, yep. and people don't really trip off that line. But that DM, shit is DMX got got him sprinkled all throughout his music, all kind of uh, all kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. look, we can have a whole podcast just on that. We just smoke them all out. Like, you remember you said this? Like, what what does that right. mean? What had, <laughs> what I meant when you had said that part? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh, all right. All right. So moving forward. Moving forward. Moving away from the Bati boys. Whew. And this is many Bati boys. All right. Are we are we ready for the moke minute? Are yeah. we woke now? Okay. So um we did want to touch on the deaths of Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain. Um, you know, it, 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 I, I will say that Anthony Bourdain's death came as a real surprise to me because, you know, I've on and off, I'm not like an avid watcher or a fan of, of his show, but I, I did watch and I didn't know who he was. And I was just so surprised at, mm-hmm. you know, this whole thing. So some stats for everybody. Um, so the rea- reality is that suicide deaths have risen across the country. They're saying that um, about 30% increase in almost the last 20 years. It is the 10th leading cause of death. Um, another interesting fact that for every person who commits suicide, there's actually almost 300 people that have entertained the idea. So, I mean, that says a lot. Um, I think for me, and I think for a lot of people that I talk to, we used to think that, you know, suicide was a white people thing, Um, but it's actually the third leading cause of death for blacks age Mm -hmm. 15 to 24. Um, And surprisingly, the numbers have doubled for boys, black boys, age five to 11. Mm -hmm. So some, um, you know, some studies have said it's because of the exposure to violence. It's the stress. It's the early onset of puberty. It's the high risk of depression. It's the aggression that have led to, you know, the doubling of of numbers between black boys age five to eleven that are, that are committing uh, committing suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, they also look at poor mental health practices and depression. Um, and you know, especially within our community, the black community, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, we call people if you're depressed or something, we call them crazy, or we yeah. say, you know, what you need to do is get down on your knees, you're not praying enough, or you need Jesus. So, we don't have an adequate way of dealing with these kind of these kind of um issues yeah. in our community. So, um, it you also know, go ahead, yeah, you know, um, like you said, you know, in our community, we don't we don't deal with it at all. And I to be like transparent, like when I was younger, I dealt with depression. I was, I think the most vivid memories I have as a kid was being depressed. Like my mother passed away when I was in third grade. So that's like maybe seven or eight. 
And within like a three year time span, maybe like three or four other family members died. So it was a real tough time. My whole world just completely changed. And, you know, during that time, I could have really benefited or my family or my, you know, we could have all benefited from having therapy, but Mm -hmm. we didn't, you know, it was like one day um, I came home from school. My, my aunt said my mother died, which we already knew that um, she had lupus. So she had been sick my whole entire life. So it wasn't like a a complete surprise that she, that she died. But, Mm -hmm. you know, one day I came home, she sat us down. She said she died. We had her funeral a few days later that Monday I was back in school. Wow. And life just went on, you know what I mean? So we we didn't get a chance to kind of really process what was going on. I right. moved from one neighborhood where I grew up and knew everybody there to another neighborhood where I didn't know anybody. You know, I went from an all black neighborhood to an all white neighborhood. Um, my mother died. So it was a lot of changes that happened that we just really, wow. it wasn't, we, we just didn't really process it. You know, so I remember I just, I used to spend nights crying all night long and I would get up and I'll go to school in the morning. My grades suffered. You know, I went from my AB students. I was in all these like um, accelerated classes and I went to like failing class. I had like D's and F's in middle school. Mm. I mean, in elementary school, because, you know, you can't focus on that when I'm thinking about my mother just died, you know, and right. how can I focus on like math or, you know, whatever we're talking about. So, um, and just recently, I was talking to a family member about uh, mental health and you know going to get help, and she was like, "Well, you know, you can just go and talk to your pastor. It's the same thing, and it's not the same thing right. because a mental health professional is trained to to help you with your mental illnesses. A pastor is not, unless they went to school right. for that, you know. And I think there's a stigma there that um, you know we can just pray it away, pray, and it'll just go away when you know it doesn't work that way. Right. Yeah, and I think. Um... You know, for me, just and keeping in line with the transparency, like I, I had seasonal de- depression. Mm-hmm. So, and which was, you know, it was a really big thing. And I didn't understand what it was um, until actually I started reading about it, which was, you know, when the seasons change, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a spring baby. But when that, that, you know, the fall and then the winter, winter comes, started, yeah. hit, and, you know, you're in the house, you're basically mm-hmm. a prisoner in your house, you can't leave, you can't get, I mean, I would go through it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so I, you know, it's everybody deals with different situations differently. So I could say, you know, that was something I had to really understand, like, what is going on with me? Not to the point where I wanted to end my life, but where it was just, it was a depression, which I'm not feeling myself and I'm not happy and I'm not, I'm not good with me. And, um, let me figure out a way to deal with that. Also, um, you know, the first time I tried ecstasy, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a drug user, but just keeping, just being transparent. Mm-hmm. That was, I remember I, I was, I was dating this guy. This was like, you know, 15. Before I remember she, this story. I, you remember this? <laughs> and I was, I told you, dating this guy and we went to this club and the club did not, it was just, it was a, obviously it was an ecstasy bar because the club did not have any alcohol. All it had was water. Mm-hmm. I didn't even get it. So, you know, we're taking a pee, took a pill. Okay, take a pill, whatever. I'm like, I don't feel nothing. Like, all right, I'm good. We dancing. And then all I know is when I try to drive home, those stoplights in the street was as big as a house, was as big as they were wow. huge. I mean, I it, it I struggled to get home. And then mm-hmm. when I got, you know, when I got home, and I swear I was so paranoid. 
I called everybody I knew, anybody that was in my phone, I called. And this is why I know my mother is the best person ever because she talked to me. I, first of all, I was hiding under the table because I felt like people were outside coming to get me. So mm-hmm. I was hiding under the, the kitchen table. And I was just talking to my mother like, I don't know what I said. And obviously the conversation was whatever I, whatever I was saying, she talked me down mm-hmm. and I was able to go to sleep. But I tell you that next morning, when you come off that high, mm-hmm. I've never been, I've never been suicidal. I've never wanted to end my life, but I can almost empathize with someone who is just feels that hopelessness mm-hmm. that next morning, when you come off that high, I felt like, I don't, I, it was just, it was, it was the deepest depression I ever felt. It was just the worst feeling of hopelessness I ever felt. And which was really for me was like, I'll never do drugs again. I'll never do that again, you know, ever, ever, mm-hmm. ever. So mm-hmm. um, I just, you know, it, they talk about the higher rate of suicide during season changes. They talk about, you know, that, they, that, you know, it's certain when you open a gateway, whether it's drug use or, or, or something, there are doors that can be open. Um, but I really think, you know, when I look at my mother's role, when she, you know, she got on the phone and she just kind of talked to me and I don't know what we were talking about, but I mean, I could have done anything, mm-hmm. you know, so I just, it, it really calls for us to reflect on number one, how we are feeling, but mm-hmm. also mindful of how those around us are feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, when you ask somebody, hey, are you okay? And it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. But like, do we ever dig or deeper in behind that? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. do we ever- um, And how we treat people, you know, just on like an everyday, yeah. how are you to other people? You know, and really, and and really mean it when you ask. It's like when I ask you, I I, I want to know. You know, if you're not like, look, and and I'm honest. You know, if somebody asks me like, yeah, you know, I'm all right, I'm okay, or you know, not so good. I try. I I want to be honest about it because it's so easy to be like, yeah, I'm I'm good, everything goes okay, and then I am but, good for that. You ask me how you doing, I'm good, girl. Girl, my whole world could be falling, could be crumbling, and I'll tell you, I'm good. I'm good. And, and and the reason why I do that is because because I I felt I I fought with depression for so long is that I never want to get back to that place again. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I never want to kind of um, acknowledge, not really acknowledge, but I don't really want to just kind of um, dwell on what's going wrong. So I always want to talk about you know what's going right. And so even like sometimes when I'm having a tough time, I call a friend. I'm like, can I vent for ten minutes? Give me ten minutes. Let me get it out and let's change the subject. Cause sometimes I just need to get it out. Mm-hmm. But I, but it's like I I can't let my mind get get into those dark places because it's hard. It's it's so hard to get out. You know what I mean? And I and I always know in my mind I'm like you know there's always tomorrow. Tomorrow's a different day. This is all. Everything always works out. You know I, I just feel like you always have to keep a positive mind. But sometimes you know it's a little bit more than just your thoughts. You may need to get vacation. You know, there may be something that's deeper that's, that's going on. But for me to deal with stuff like that, I just can't dwell on it. So if you ask me what's going on, I'm going to tell you it's good. Um, everything is good. Um, just because I don't want to dwell on it. You know, I just don't want to dwell on it. Because it's like when you, sometimes when you keep talking about stuff and talking about stuff yeah, and talking and about I, stuff, you kind of like wallow in it. And I can't okay. wallow in I can't wallow in I have to keep mindful. I, I, stay, I do stay away from those people who just kind of like, you know, they'll suck you in with their mm-hmm. next and you don't want to go down that that abyss with them. Mm-hmm. But you know, just I, I think I think we if we call ourselves friends to another person, it's you know, I want to be mindful of how you're feeling, how you're really feeling, you know, because yeah. like I said, it's 
yeah, you can say you're all right, but it's if I'm in tune with me and I'm in tune with you, it's like I know that that's not the truth. Mm-hmm. So let's just talk about it. Like you said, like sometimes you just need to get it out because sometimes that's that's all it really is. And I think, you know, I've had family members and I've had friends who have been suicidal. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think the majority of them, they don't really want to kill themselves, but they get in mm-hmm. a point where, it, you know, it's nobody is is listening. Mm-hmm. And it's so it, they feel like it's so bad and it's so hopeless. Mm-hmm. But there's no, there's no way out. So they, you know, they dig this hole. I'll tell you a story. I had a friend of mine who, you know, his wife committed suicide. And I, you know, I don't know if people say, oh, it's not committed suicide because it almost sounds like a crime. But it is. It's, it's, to me, it, it is a crime against yourself. That's how mm-hmm. I look at it. But, you know, she had, she dealt, she dealt with drug addiction for years. So she was clean sometime and then she was off sometime and then she was clean and she, she put together a plan. She's basically in her mind, which he didn't understand until after she had passed. But her plan was if I'm not clean within a year, then I have a solution. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to solve this. And Mm -hmm. then it was, okay, she's, you know, she's, she's turning a corner. She's come, but her plan was if I'm not clean within a year, I'm taking myself out of here. And to the day, you know, of the conversation, she walked out into traffic and that was it, you know, left behind her, her young daughters and, and, you know, left him a widower. And it was just, you know, and I listened to him because his, you know, in talking about it, it is, it's twofold. So he says, you know, it was the most selfish thing for her to do and leave us behind. He said, I say it's selfish because she didn't believe that she could get better that there was help and that she had a support system and that that it was enough to overcome whatever she was feeling. He said, but at the same time, I understand why she did what she did because she knew that being a being a woman, a person of addiction and having the addictions that she had, she would be a burden to her family and her daughters. Mm-hmm. So better for her to end it that way. So, you know, it's, it's two different sides of mm-hmm. it. It's, and it's like, and I feel for both sides of that, but he's like, you know, I, it's selfish because bottom line is she could have got better and she could have, you know, she didn't understand the support that she had around her and she didn't, you know, ring the alarm and, and ring the bell and reach out. And she had kind of formulated in her mind that I'm going to take care of this on my own. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, know, truth be told, you know, a lot of people are, a lot of us are kill, killing ourselves, but we're just doing it at a slower pace, whether it's through alcohol addiction or drug addiction yeah. or overeating or food addiction or sex addiction or whatever you're you're addicted to. You know, that's a that's a slow form of suicide as well. Yep, because you have the knowledge and you and you know mm-hmm. that this could kill you. It's eventually it's it's going to be the yeah. end of you. It's just so, not immediate. I, so many different forms. Um, you know, I just. I feel for those who are in so much pain, you know, and they feel isolated and they feel cut off from family and friends and really in reality, and they feel like that much hopelessness. So, you know, I look at, and and and, and it just goes to show you in light of Kate Spade and light of Anthony Bourdain, it don't matter how much money you got. It don't matter the fame. It don't matter all the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the parts of life. That shit don't mean nothing, you know, because yeah. I, I think, I mean, I don't have a case bay bag, but I mean, you know, you know, she it's like she had 175 stores around the world. You know, obviously there was money there. You look mm-hmm. at Anthony, I mean, this man to me, he lives his dream life. Like, you mean you travel and you eat? 
that's all you do. Yeah. So, but you know, those, um, those, even though, you know, it looks like it's, it's the, the dream lifestyle. There's a lot of stress that goes along with it. There's a lot of, you know, um, you know, long hours and appearances and he's traveling, he's away from home. And, you know, that's, that's stressful. You know, I, when I travel and go, you know, away on vacation and come back, I'm stressed out. So imagine, you know, just the whole process of like packing and, and going to the airport and being on a plane and all that. To me, that's stressful. I love traveling, but that part is stressful. So imagine doing that all the time when you're living out of your suitcase, you know, the majority of the year. And then if you're on camera, like he was, you have to keep up this persona. That's a lot of energy. That's a lot of brain power. Even if you're not feeling well, if you're sick, if you're depressed or whatever's going on in your life, once those cameras come on, you have to be this personality and that's stressful. Yeah, I know. I, I, I get it. And I, and I think, you know, that's, the thing is like, we are all built differently. So, mm-hmm. you know, one man's stress is another man's vacation. And, you know, it, it on, you can always be on the outside looking in, like it wasn't really that bad, but obviously it was for that individual. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just, I, I think it calls for us to kind of take the stigma off of mental, um, you know, our mental health addiction issues, because I know Anthony Bourdain, I know he he dealt with addiction um, mm-hmm. in his past, but just kind of taking the stigma off of it, especially in our community. Cause I was really, I was really surprised by the numbers within our own community mm-hmm. um, level or the, um, the rate of suicide, you know, and then the stigma that we attach to it. So I think kind of letting that go. And like I said, being mindful of your own feelings you know, and whether it calls for you to be more introspective, but then also be mindful of the feelings of those around you, you know, just asking you if you're okay. And you just saying, yeah, without, I guess, digging a little deeper and Mm -hmm. understanding, you know, what's going on in your life. Like I'm not doing my service as a friend. And I think we are all here to do that, that type of service. If I call myself your friend, my, Mm -hmm. I'm obligated to understand you know, to go behind the picture that you painted and really understand what's really going on, what's really yeah. good. That then, that to me is what a friend does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because a lot of times I think, you know, these people are living, you know, they have friends and obviously they have family, they have admirers, they have all this, but are do people really know them? Is, are they... Is, is somebody got behind and broke through the the wall that they've created to really understand this person, understand their hurts and their pains and, and who they really, really are. And, you know, the sadness when you, when you hear about these suicides is, you know, you know, you're looking at family and friends, like, well, what did you know? Like how, how much did you know? What, what was going on? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, yeah. You know, I, I was reading that Kate Spade had, had dealt with depression for years and her sister was always on her about going to get therapy, going to see um, a psychiatrist and, and getting help. And she'd always, and she, you know, her rebuttal to her was, you know, um, she has this brand, this image of, of happy go lucky and, um, and being positive and, and upward and all that stuff. So she didn't want the stigma of, you know, her going to a therapist to affect her brand, which in essence is kind of like, you know, I don't want to call it nonsense, but first of all, who has to know? Because um, all that is, is, is um, what's the word for it? It's, it's confidential. So mm-hmm. if you go see a therapist, it's confidential. But, uh, you know, apparently, you know, her family members were after her about getting help and she just right. refused to do it. 
Mm-hmm. And then her, I think she was, uh, her, her husband uh, was filing for a divorce. So I guess it hit, oh. her, it hit her pretty hard. I didn't um, hear that part. Wow. Yeah. He was filing for a divorce. So I guess that just kind of pushed her over the edge. But um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty sad. You know, she leaves a daughter and, you know, hopefully her daughter will go to therapy so that she doesn't have that legacy on it. Because, you know, a lot of people who commit suicide have had other family members that committed suicide oh, yeah. before them. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, wanna, I don't want to call it hereditary, but, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway. Moving on. Moving okay. On. What, so, what else you know, do we have here? So, you know, I read online that um, Kaepernick, you know, Colin Kaepernick, um, he's the football player who a couple years ago, um, he ignited controversy when he refused to stand um, during the national anthem. Um, he was mm. protesting racial injustices and the continuous police brutality in the U.S. And so he took a knee during the national anthem. Um, and since then, it's been like a, a, a whirlwind for him. Um, because he hasn't been able to, I think after that, he, he opted out of his contract with the 49ers um, and he became a free agent. And then now wants to hire him, you know, back, I think it was last year during the draft season, you know, all these, a few teams were saying that, you know, they were entertaining the idea of him uh, coming on them, you know, picking him up and being on their team, including the Ravens. But in the end, Mm -hmm. um, no one picked him up, which is insane because, you know, the Ravens, they, uh, Ray, uh, his name's not Ray Allen. Um, <laughs> what's the dude's name? <laughs> not Ray Lewis. Yeah, Ray Lewis. You know, Ray Lewis, oh, wasn't yeah. he convicted of murder? He no, was he wasn't convicted, but remember that whole thing, I think it was in Atlanta, the party and, you know. Yeah, that. but it was a huge, somebody died and he was attached yeah, to it. Somebody got, yeah, somebody got killed, yeah. Somebody died and he, he was, was in the getaway. He was in the getaway, um, the getaway SUV. <laughs> right, so he was an accomplice or whatever. He he was entangled in that whole controversy and he's like a, a, a god in in, uh, in Baltimore. He got picked, you know, still on the Ravens, but this, because My this neighbor man, at one time. Hmm? My neighbor at one time. He lives in, he, yeah. yeah, so, so, uh, you know, so the Ravens, you know, he was on the Ravens. So because this man, you know, took a knee, the Ravens won't sign him. But anyway, so uh, Colin Kaepernick's legal team is expected to seek subpoenas for Trump and Pence um, and other campaign officials relating to the quarterback's uh, collusion case against the NFL. Um, the move will explore NFL owners as well as NFL commissioner Roger Ties, uh, Roger Goodell with Ties. Yeah, Roger Goodell with ties to, to 45. So um, so right now he's, I guess he's in the midst of uh, of this case and um, trying, you know, trying to see what their ties are to 45 because he believes that, you know, because of their relationship with 45, you know, they're not, mm-hmm. you know, they're not signing him. So I'm definitely going to be looking out uh, for this. Yeah, how this. I mean, I'm hoping that they find some. I mean, I think, you know, from the outside looking in, it's too tenuous. Like, okay. I mean, it's... It's very far-fetched, but mm-hmm. I'm hoping that they find something. I mean, you know, as sloppy as number 45 is, I don't know if it's a memo, if it's a meeting, if it's a golf, you know, a conversation or something. I'm hoping that they find something. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's, it's um, you know, it's so ironic that, you know, 45 is saying that um, that Kaepernick is, is so unpatriotic for taking the knee. When just recently there was an event um, that he had at the White House uh, supposedly to prove his patriotism and 
45, he was unable to remember the words to God Bless America. A song I believe everybody knows. If you don't know no other song, you know God Bless America. He didn't know the words. I remember that. I saw it. He didn't know the words. He didn't know the words. So I can't. I just can't with this. I can't with this. Yeah. Gotta have this reality TV show host as a president. Right. <laughs> so you know, so I'll be watching this, and it, you know, I I don't know if there's ever been a um um anything like this that's gone down in history where the the president was subpoena and in some sort of case. So we'll see how how this Bye. transpires. Bye. So crazy, but you know, it's the world we live in. I'm hoping they find something. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm I'm hoping they do too. And so, but but you know, guys, the um. Uh, the mid-elections are coming up, and some states have already had their midterm elections. So uh, when it's your turn in your state, please go out and vote and, and vote these fools out. Absolutely. Please. We'll see what happens, though. Yeah. So if you live in New York, uh, the midterm elections are June 26th. So make sure you get out and vote. Anyway, moving along. Mm-hmm. Speaking of 45, and we talked about this last week, but Kim Kardashian went to the White House, and I made so many jokes about this, about what the hell is she going to the White House for? What does she know about prison reform? Well, mm-hmm. apparently her visit, actually some, some good came out of it. Um, so on Wednesday, 45 commuted the sentence for Alice Johnson after a visit from Kim Kardashian um, and her lawyers. Um, and recently, uh Kardashian, she'd been advocating for months on behalf of Alice and also another woman, uh, another woman called Centoria Brown. I remember her um, stories. Yeah, yeah so Centoria Brown, she, she was um, really like a child prostitute and she was, um, she she murdered her, her pimp. He, mm-hmm. he basically had her in like a sex trade, a sex slave, and she murdered him. So she's been in jail. Um, and so... I guess Kim Kardashian is still fighting for her. Um, but mm-hmm. Alice Johnson was a 63-year-old great-grandmother who was in jail for, they call it um, a telephone. She was a telephone mule. So basically what she did mm-hmm. is that she was a nonviolent drug offender and she was passing information along between distributors and sellers. Um, and at the point wow. of, at that point in her life, she had been going through a, you know, a tough time. She had just gotten divorced. Um, she was having some financial difficulties. Her son had just been murdered or killed. Um, so she was like in a financial strain. She had made, you know, some choices that, you know, even I may not have made them, but sometimes when your back is against the wall and you have kids to raise and you need to put foot on the table, sometimes you will entertain, you know, some things that, you know, in a normal situation, you may not, um, give light to, but she was charged with that and she had a life sentence. So, um, so Kim, Card- so that was the purpose of Kim Kardashian's trip. So you know she made some good out of it. Um, she did an interview with Van Jones, and he asked her. Uh, it was a pretty decent interview. You know she's not the most eloquent speaker, um, but you know she did she did fairly well. But he asked her um, if she thinks she was used as a political pawn, giving forty five legitimacy. <laughs> did you did you see this interview? Charles? Yeah, I didn't know she gave an interview. She gave this interview, and so she responded saying that Kanye already did that. <laughs> she basically threw Kanye under the bus and was like, "Kanye is already being used by by um, by forty five. Wow, it was, it was pretty funny. It was pretty wow. funny. funny. You know, okay. yeah. So, but you know, so I, I had a lot of jokes about uh, Kim Kardashian. She's not my favorite person. 
Um, but you know, I do applaud her for taking this initiative. Um, and I think she's, I think what she's doing right now is really trying to change her image from being, you know, this, this, this facade of a person that she is. (laughs) Ride that radio dick girl. (laughs) You know, so, you know, I, 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 I applaud her for that. You know, this, she's doing something that, um, people in the past, you know, couldn't do, you know, her family, yeah. Alice's uh, family has been fighting for her to, to be free, um, for, for years, for years. Um, so I, mean, I definitely, I, I want to hate on it, but I definitely can't hate on it. Like, yeah, you, know, you got it done Two two reality stars, one reality star to another. She went out there and you know what this look, I'm, you know what I'm going to say? That's the power of a black man's dick. Cause that's what this whole thing stemmed from. There would be no white house visits had it not been for her riding a black man's dick. That's all I'm going to say. So, I mean, thank you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> all righty then. That's all righty. Moving right along. All right. All right. All right. All right. Is it? Time for the weekend dick report. I think it is. I've been waiting for this. Okay. This is a subject that is, (laughs) it's not, it's not my issue, but this comes from a, and and it's actually, it's it's a, it's, should I say it's a friend of mine? Well, I've already said it. It So it's a friend of mine who's actually in this situation and, and it's a male, it's a male and it's, but anyway, let me get to it. So. I'm just going to read it. So it's a 40 year old single man who's ready to settle down and have a family. He's, you know, pretty successful in business. Um, He's actively been dating with the purpose of finding his wife. So he's very intent on what he wants. Um, And it's, it's interesting to talk to him because he's very purpose purposeful in, in, in his dating now, you know, in in the, when wow. you're younger, you just kind of, especially for men, when you're dating, I mean, you when you're all willy-nilly. <laughs> yeah, you're all willy-nilly. You just really, you know, just trying to get some ass. Mm-hmm. But he's very, you know, he's very um, mm-hmm. intent on, on what he wants. So um, so he's been dating, uh, trying to find his wife. Nothing has come of it as of yet. But recently, an old flame came circling back to him. Um, she lives out of state. She has three kids. And she's in a polyamorous relationship with her husband. And they've been married for 10 years. And they want to include him in this in this polyamory. Oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> so her husband wants to meet him. And they're both willing to fly into town for a meet and greet. And so he's like, you know, what should he do? So I, I've already given him my, uh, you know, my advice. And I haven't told you my advice, Sean, but let me hear what, no. you, what you have to say. Let me, okay, so <sighs> here, here's where, here's where I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm stopped at the door and I can't go in. I have, I've, I was married for a very long time, and I will say, all transparency, I proposed a polyamorous relationship only because I thought it would kind of stop the cheating. Mm-hmm. It didn't work out that way because come to find out men are way more jealous when they're in a relationship than women are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I just, and I, and I, I also can think of a friend of mine who had the same kind of setup. He was actually the guy that was coming in, you know, he was the dick slinger for the husband, you know, 
on wife and the husband was like, okay with it. I just, you know, I'm all for keeping a relationship popping and you want to keep it new and you want to keep all of this, uh, whatever. I just have an issue with when you allow a third party into the relationship. Because every time I've heard about this, these kind of setups, I don't care how great this has. Oh, he wants to come into town and he wants to meet the guy and, you know, they're going to shake it out and maybe they'll go, you know, have a drink afterward. It all, it never ends well for the parties involved. Never. And I've heard, you know, as many times as I've heard this story and I've heard this setup, it never ends well because you know why? Somebody ends up getting jealous. Usually one of the men. Mm-hmm. There's no mm-hmm. way you can sit in the corner mm-hmm. more than once and see another man dick your wife or your 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 woman down mm-hmm. and you be okay with it. I just don't believe it. I don't believe that that man exists. Yeah. I just don't. And, and you know, I we're, we're thinking on the same lines. I was like, I just don't think this is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, for one, he's trying to, when he comes to see you, he's trying to size you up just to see what kind of man you are, to see what kind of competition there the is. One. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just to see what kind of competition there is. And like you said, the men are jealous and they're territorial. They're they can, the they, women. They're they, can, they can be slanging their thing to a hundred women, but the first well, time. Let, let me find out. He like, uh, let me find out what? Let me find out. You even looking at another man. Your whole world. Girl, Mm, they go absolutely bananas, and I told him this. This sounds like it's a could be a dangerous situation. Yep, and that's that's so exactly I what I was. Why he willing to pay some money and get on a flight and fly somewhere to come and see you? Oh no, this nigga about to slit your throat. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, he about to no. find out where you live, where you hang out. Like, mm-mm. nope, nope. Mm. nope. And that because I because men to me they you know women we got our own thing going on but men in this kind of situation I've never seen a man and I'm t- I've t- I've heard this so it's like it's I've heard it so many times every single story I could pull up and I could tell you where this this is the setup right here that man loses his marbles one way or another it it gets it gets dirty because somebody you know like I mean let's let's be real I mean we can have casual sex and I mean that's great. But it is an exchange of energy. It's an exchange of souls. So eventually, I don't care how you put it, somebody is going to catch feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it's somebody's going to catch feelings. So, and usually when you got, you got two males in there, I mean, you know, men already in the real world, y'all, y'all already like, it's a, it's a, it's a fight with your dicks. Like it's, a, it's yeah. A fight. You always mention your dick. You always compare your dick to somebody else. Already. <laughs> already. Can you imagine in the bedroom? Like, mm-hmm. oh, no. and don't come back to your husband with a new trick. Oh Lord have mercy. <laughs> I feel like, you trying to rotate on his dick, man. He'll lose his mind. Oh my God. That's mm-hmm. just, uh, don't, so I, my my only advice is don't do it. Just don't do it because it's it's cool one time, you know, she she get a little one thing in, but y'all trying to make this like a regular thing. Mm-hmm. It it it'll never it'll never work. That dude right there, size, yeah. you said sizing you up, knowing everything, he know where you work. He know the the emergency contact, your emergency contact, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Trust mm-hmm. me, they are they are more jealous than women. And if he feels like you are digging her out better than he can do, mm-hmm. ooh, the plot yeah. that goes on. Mm-mm. And don't and and I told him don't try to 
find solace in, in the fact that it's it's some distance between you and and them because you just a plane ride away. You That's know, I know they they're going to fly to town to do a meet and greet. Come on, mm -hmm. Come on. <laughs> I mean. I'm just saying, like, of all the pussy that's out here, all the dick that's out here, mm -hmm. this setup right here is dangerous. Yeah, that's exactly what I told him. I was like, don't do it. Mm -mm. Don't do it. You and you in the city of a kabillion beautiful women. Go find all you need is one. Go find one. This setup right here. Uh -uh. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, and I'm still. You know, I'm not jaded by the whole, I believe in a traditional marriage and a traditional relation. I do. So mm -hmm. anytime you open that door for something else, it'll, it'll never last. It'll never win. Love will never win when you open that door to allow somebody else wedged into that relationship for mm -hmm. fun or just to try something new or whatever, whatever the reason is behind it, it'll never flourish. Yeah. You know, there was a um a, a, a while ago somebody had posted on social media if if you would ever be involved in a uh, a polyamorous relationship and I responded I would I could only do it if I wasn't in love with the person like if if I just right. looked at it as like a financial gain or security some sort of some sort of security I can do it right but if I love this motherfucker there is no way there's no Hey, if I like you, I'm not sharing you with nobody. I'm mm -hmm. sorry, not sorry. Uh-uh. Yeah. No. There's no way. No. Nah. And then, so really, it just has to be all about the sex. And mm -hmm. I'm in all actuality, when is it really just all about the sex? Like straight, that's all it's about. Yeah. And you know, like no, I'm. It can it can start out that way, but if you right. if you if you, if you catch feelings. If you have sex with a person more than three times, then you like them, and it's Pretty not much. just about sex. Pretty much. So, yeah. please walk away. He need to walk, not run away. <laughs> no, yeah. Don't, don't do it, boo. Don't nope. do it. Nope. Okay. Mm -mm. Moving on. We on the same wavelength with that. I, I told him I don't think that's a good idea. Uh uh. No. And I, like I said, I've just I've seen it. I I know about it. Like that shit don't ever end well. Mm -hmm. it ends well. Never. Ever, ever. And it's and it's also we had talked about um a couple of weeks ago was another one of our um our weekend dick um um topics where we talked about a woman who is who was looking for her forever boo her mate her husband or whatever and should she entertain some some old dick that came back into the picture and I kind of feel like this is almost kind of like the same situation because if you're mm -hmm. focused on looking for your wife and want to find that person you're going to be with for forever you don't want this this old stuff coming in this old this 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 yeah. other thing coming in and, and, and taking over you know it's going to distract you a straight distraction so yeah, yeah. He's moving, moving on, on. Yeah. moving on. all right mm -hmm. are we are we at the part of i reminisce i reminisce i reminisce i reminisce yep all right so um my reminisce song is Ain't no half stepping by do or die bedside native Big Daddy K. Damn. Damn. So let me tell you, Damn. ain't no half stepping, girl. You know that single came out in 1988. Please don't say that. Oh my god. I'm saying ain't no half stepping. What? Long live the K. That was on the Long Live the K album. I just remember I went and got the tape back up. Went up in the Bronx somewhere and got the tape. Um, um, uh, long live the cane. So on this, he samples um, Heat Wave. You remember that? Um, 
Are you shopping now? To shine. Party all the time. Ain't no half stepper. And blind alley by the emotions. I don't know if it was, it was three females. I think it was three females. Blind. And I was looking it up. Blind alley was a song, man. When I tell you how many people have sampled that song, everybody back from you know from a tribe called Quest, BBD, Brand Nubian, Chub Rock, Craig Mack, Dr. Effect, um, Ed OG and the Bulldogs, EPMD, Jada Kiss, LL Cool J, Mariah Carey, Farside. It was like so many people that, that sampled that. But I, you know, when I think of that beat, I think of Ain't No Half Stepping. So just to take you back to 1988. That was when um, I don't know. Did you did you have video music box? No, yeah. uh-uh. Okay. Didn't have so video music box used to come on like the public access channel with Ralph McDaniel's show, and I think it was like a, it was like an hour. And basically, it, it showed videos, and then they did interviews of the artists like all around New York, and it was like you know before HD, so it was like real grainy. But this was like during the golden age of hip hop, so. The video ain't no half step and it was filmed in Soho on Lafayette Street in like one of those um, law buildings. So I just remember, I don't know if you remember, but the four finger ring that Big Daddy had, Big Daddy Kane had on. I remember I had one. I went and got it from Canal Street. Um, the big dookie rope chain. And the thing that just set it off was like Big Daddy Kane had the chain on and he had a shirt and tie on that I'm sure he got from Dapper Dan. Oh my that was so fly. Yeah. Jeez. Fly. And he is really, like he still looks good. Like he still, still looks good. good. And I remember high top fade, like I remember any dude with a high top fade could just about get it. If you had a if you had a high top fade like Big Daddy Kane, mm-hmm. you just about get it. So remember Scuba Scrap the the Scuba Scrap lover, the dancers, and uh-huh. they had on the Bellmore suits. And this was really at a time when they danced in the videos. Even, you know, Big Daddy Kane was dancing in the video. Marvin, <laughs> that split, the little split he used to do, he still do it. was like playing the piano, you know, the juice mm-hmm. background. And so the whole video, if you remember, like they were playing, it was like a poker game mm-hmm. in a ring. And at the end, you know, um, Kane won the game. I remember, I, it was a girl that I went to school with, her name was Akilah. She was actually one of the ring girls in the video. I was like, how'd she get, how'd she get in the Big Daddy Kane video? But anyway, you know, just remembering Kane, like, I just want to give him all props to because he was really one of the original, you know, lyricists. Yeah, he was. You know, mm-hmm. for, now you can listen, it's like, you know, rapper said to me, they want to get some... But it's the king, but yo, we know the outcome. Like his, he was so influential, and you could hear like his influence in Jay Z, definitely like Nas, Raekwon, even like Big. Like I hear it. So, you know, looking back, like his metaphors were just like so crazy. You know, I'm just a butter my a butter knife. I'm, you just a butter knife. I'm a steady. <laughs> like he was so smooth. You know, so smooth to the point like everybody knows he was dicking down Madonna. You know, they had like mm-hmm. the out her. You know her whatever the art of sex or whatever it was called and he was in a book with Naomi Campbell um you know he was really like the total package so lyrically you know he was so on point you know his personality was hot he looked the way that he dressed you know he's a sex symbol yeah he got the respect from the men and from the women you know and you know even I remember he was like in a few movies he was in that uh I can't think of the name Posse remember the movie Posse he was in that Uh I even bought the Playgirl magazine he was in back 
like the two pages like what wait a minute did it show did it show everything what? yes they did girl it was, it was him and his lady. It was, it was like granddaddy IU, but like, yeah, girl, that was a two page book. No, like a three page, and like you open it up and it folds down, like, yeah. oh, oh, uh-huh. <laughs> just pick up to Big Daddy K because I mean, he he made an error for me, like, really, you know, in terms of, like I said, the dress, the way you know, the way that he carried himself, and just lyrically, I was like, look, y'all gotta. I had to study for your SATs to understand his rhymes. His rhymes, because you know back back then it was really about your lyrics. Lyrics. It was it was very lyrical back in the day, and it's like it was almost it's like the art of storytelling. You like you can put on a, on a song like one of the greats. Put on a song and close your eyes, and you could just imagine everything that you're that they're saying. It was poetry. Absolutely. I don't know what it's evolved into now, but I mean, there's there's still some some current, current all kind of stuff. But, yeah. but there's, there's some current artists that that are keeping up with the the lyricism. But for the most part, it's it's like a dying a dying thing right now. Have stepping mm, that about to oh, play before before I go to bed tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that was my I reminisce. I reminisce. All right, now, so we, I guess we are moving on to the segment of the Support Black Businesses. Um, And this is the segment of the show where we highlight Black businesses. We believe in growing our economy and strengthening our communities and desire to build awareness of products and services made for us by us. Um, And this week, we're featuring a Quaba Bed and Breakfast. Um, It's an upscale lodging collection owned by husband and wife team, Glenn Pog and Monique Greenwood. Um, and I don't know if you may remember Monique from her Essence days. She was the editor in chief for for many years, and she also spent about fifteen years at Women's Wear Daily. Okay. Um, so they were they were based up in New York, and while they were living in Bed Stuy uh, neighborhood in Brooklyn, she noticed there were no major hotels at the time, and so she had the idea of a Quaba Bed and Breakfast. Um, and they bought this dilapidated mansion, restored it to its original beauty. And she opened it to rave reviews. And since then, they've opened up bed and breakfasts in Cape May in New Jersey. Um, they have one in DC. There's also a bed and breakfast in New Orleans and also Poconos. Um, and last year, they had a reality show on OWN called Checked In, which actually featured one of my good, 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 good girlfriends, Melody Short. Um, we went to, to Morgan State together, and she's also from Virginia. So I kind of wanted to shout them out uh, because you don't really hear about... Uh, Black-owned bed and breakfasts, and it's it's very, it's very beautiful. If you get a chance, um, they still have the one that's in. Uh, they actually have them all, but the one that's in Brooklyn is absolutely gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So the website is www.aquaba.com. That's a k w a a b a dot com um, for more information. Okay. All right. Well, we'll definitely check them out. So. We have come to the end of the 13th episode of yeah, our podcast. It's believe it? The end of the road. I want to know. I want to know. Oh, speaking of, you know, BBD was on, you know, you know I'm, I'm a fan of title now. I know. Um, and so they had, they had, um, I don't think I'm ever going to go to another concert again because title streams them all. So anyway, um, Swiss Beats had a little, um, 
they had uh they were streaming summer jam on title and swiss beats was up there and he brought out bbd it was so cute oh wow what what year yeah. was it what were we, like because that had to be a couple years ago no it was this year 2018 oh okay yeah, live streamed it mm -hmm. yeah, I summer jam today an avid summer jam goer mm -hmm. back in the day like seriously so it's funny that i was actually so gonna go this year Girl. I was streaming it and I was like, never mind. It's the best. I, I love this. Is like the best $10 I spend every month because I you get all the hot music, all the new music, and you get concerts. Man, child, please. I've been in here jamming all day long. Is that podcast on there? I don't. Nope. nope. It's not up there. Nope. You know, their podcast um, is very curated. Very mm -hmm. curated. So I'm Why pretty can sure we it's Yeah. What'd you say? Now, why can't we be curated? We, we can. We, we're okay. curated. Damn it. That's why I'll listen to that shit. Okay, anyway. <laughs> subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast and the Apple Podcast app. We're on Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and Stitcher. We're also on CastPod, which you put me on to. It is uber convenient. So all yeah. my all of my um, podcasts I listen to through CastPod. They're just all saved there. So that's really great. Mm -hmm. um, also, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. On Twitter, where That's What I Say 3. You can also visit us at That's What I'm Saying Podcast.com to learn more, send us questions and comments. Um, we have a shout out to Vegas World Inc. What are we going to yes. say about Vegas World Inc.? Vegas always holds us down. Um, you know, he's on Twitter, Vegas, Vegas World Inc., and he also has a podcast, Hip Hop Now. So check him out. And also, I just want to say real quick when you go to That's What I'm Saying Podcast.com, su subscribe, put your email in, and subscribe. Sub 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 yes. Subscribe. Your email in, please. Thank and you very much. And set and and press enter. Yes, press enter, please. We appreciate it. <laughs> All right. All right. Until next week. All right, y'all. See you later. Y'all.